Hello, welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different states who are excited to talk to each other and also to learn and grow alongside of each of you. My name is Megan. I'm Kristen. And I'm Lauren. Hey, sisters. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. We hope everyone's doing okay and surviving out there. We know it's just a really crazy world to be living in right now. It's really wild, but we don't want to talk about the coronavirus. We would like to be a space that you guys can come to us and just kind of get a little escape from your day. I know that um, if you haven't tuned in with us from the beginning, as a reminder, this is Lauren and I'm out in Virginia. Kristen's in Tennessee and Megan is in Texas. And so um, we are spread out everywhere, but we just want to remind everywhere, everybody that this is also a great opportunity for those of us that are healthy and have the means that we can um, just reach out to our community, whether that's our neighborhood or through the schools or whatever, that we can just help those in need. If you have any elderly neighbors, it would be a great chance to just go knock on their door and if they're not feeling like they can leave the house to offer to bring them, pick them up something at the store or whatnot. So um, let's just Definitely. get out there. Yeah. And spread positivity and just everybody try to uh, just stay positive and we will all get through this together. So yeah, <laughs> love it. I just wanted love to it. say that before we get started today and we have, yes. Megan's going to introduce our special guest today. Yes, so today we have one of my best friends, Mikey Stiller. She is the COO and marketing director of the Proctor Gallagher Institute and wife and mom to two beautiful kiddos and also my kiddos' best friends. So we are honored to have her here. Welcome, Mikey. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, something I've always admired about Mikey since I met her is she just never lets anything hold her back, at least um, from my point of view. And she's just like a natural decision maker and she trusts her decisions. And I just love that about her because I think that's something that I've always struggled with. And honestly, it's hard to find in women a lot of times. I think they don't trust themselves. So part of self-love is trusting yourself. So I've always admired that and just working her way up so young to be the COO and marketing director for Proctor Gallagher, which uh, to get into who that is, I don't know if any of you know of Bob Proctor or the movie The Secret, but he was in the movie The Secret. We all remember watching it in high school mm-hmm. and loving it. Um, but their company, I was just going to read their vision and then have Mikey kind of jump in uh, to more of who they are, and then we'll get to know her a little bit more. Uh, but their vision is to significantly improve the quality of lives, quote, globally by elevating the quality of thoughts individually. They do this by educating and empowering their audience through products, services, and events that expand awareness and harmonize people with the natural, immutable laws of the universe. They intend to play a significant role in creating a world in which true wealth, spiritual, material, intellectual, flows to, through, and from every person in every expanding, never-ending cycle of abundance. Whoa. <laughs> so, if Mikey, if you want to take it away and maybe kind of summarize just kind of what your company's all about. Yeah, sure. First, thank you, Megan, for your kind words. That's so sweet. And I have a big smile on my face because I love our <laughs> vision so much. Just like 
hits me right in the heart every single time. So I know that many people have heard the quote, thoughts become things. And that's really the foundation of everything we teach at the Proctor Gallagher Institute. And so a lot of what we do is we help people learn how to think to create the lives that they want. And one of the most particular ways we do that is um, by helping people learn about and then shift their paradigms. And paradigms are essentially your habitual way of thinking, behaving, and reacting to certain situations in life. And once you become aware of your paradigms, you can change them to productive paradigms, which helps you create the life that you really want. So cool. Yeah. Love that. yeah. Great. <laughs> and how did, how did you get kind of started in with Bob Proctor? I know you initially worked, well, actually, I'll just let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So gosh, almost 11 years ago, I was... 20 years old, and I got a job as a personal assistant slash nanny for a husband and wife duo that actually worked for one of Bob's companies. Back in the day, there were 16 different companies. Proctor Gallagher Institute hadn't yet been established. Back then, it was life success. And I was their personal assistant slash nanny. They were moving out to Arizona, asked me if I wanted to come as well. And without hesitation, I just said yes, which I feel like is the great part about being young, you don't even think twice about things. Yeah. And once I got there, I realized I don't have any friends. I don't know a single person and I have nothing to do when I'm not working. But the couple that I worked for had all these marketing programs laying around. And so I started going through marketing programs in the evenings when I wasn't working. And I really fell in love with marketing and copywriting. And at the time they were planning a program launch and they already had all the pieces that they need, the entire team that they needed. But since I was going through these programs, I decided to write copy for the emails of the launch. And I just gave it to them. I was like, I know you guys already have a copywriter, but I was bored and I had nothing else to do. So I decided to write these emails. And if you can use them, great. If not, no big deal. So they ended up testing the emails and they worked really well, better than the copywriter that they had hired to write the emails. And from that point on, I kind of moved into copywriting and marketing and from there, just moved up, of course, over the course of almost 11 years. So That's cool. so inspiring. And Mikey, so you said that you were 20 years old. And I know I have actually have friends that have children that age. And even thinking back to when we were 20 ourselves, what do you think it was in you? Obviously, I think it's probably just part of who you are. But was there something... And you were, whether it was your childhood or your parents or just some type of guidance that, cause there's a lot of 20 year olds that if they were bored and did have spare time, their um, choice of spending that time probably mm -hmm. wouldn't have been the same as what you just explained. And so what do you think it was about you back then that just had that kind of internal drive to do something like that? Um, because it's so, it's not only, um, uh, well, inspiring, but it's also brave to just be like, hey, I know you already have it, but here you go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's twofold. One is that I always say I grew up on a farm and it's not really technically a farm, but I grew up way out in the country and we had horses, cows, calves, goats, like the whole gamut. And I learned hard work very from a very early age. And I know my mom used to always say, even though I might not have been the best player in sports, I was always the hardest worker. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was just ingrained in me from a really young age to be an extremely hard worker. And the second thing is we grew up with essentially nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, I really didn't want to be poor. 
to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, so those are my two main drivers is I knew that I could work really hard and I really didn't want to be poor when I quote unquote grew up. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So cool. <laughs> And so now, so then you kind of worked your way up and you became COO how long ago? A little, about a year and a half ago. Okay. And what do you feel like in the different roles that you've had the chance to play within the company, kind of what were those and how do you think that those gave you kind of the foundation to what you have today that, gosh, got you to CEO? That's just so amazing. (laughs) Well, I've, I've been in marketing for a long time, so I'm still in marketing, still the director of marketing as well. And I started in marketing back when I wrote that first few emails of copy for that launch. Mm-hmm. But I think the one, the biggest lesson that I've learned through all of the positions I've held in the company and growing in the company is one, Bob and Sandy have given me a huge opportunity that most people would have looked at me and looked at my experience and not given me. And there's so many lessons in that as we grow our team. And as I look at people who might be able to help with different projects, you know, they gracefully gave me a lot of opportunities and they let me fail and try again. And I'm always so extremely grateful for that. And one of the biggest leadership lessons that they gave me, I remember asking Sandy a few years ago, what was her best advice for leadership? And she said, make other people feel good about themselves. And so that's one of the biggest lessons that I've had in my entire career and something that I definitely pull into my daily work now, because I know that whenever my team feels good, they do good work. And so I try my best just to help them feel good, help them feel empowered. And like, I trust them to do good work and then Mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Something I love about you, Mikey, just learning all the things is that you never seem to let anything holds you back. Like I think a lot of people, including myself, it's like, well, I'm, I'm too young or I don't have enough experience or I don't have a degree in marketing. And it's like, you never let any of those things hold you back. And I think that's amazing where I have in my life, you know, seen things where I've let things hold back. So I guess I would say like, what would your advice be for, you know, someone like you who maybe doesn't have the most experience, but want to go after something that they are interested in? Well, thank you for a second. I mean, I think a lot of it is whenever I started, I was so young and so naive to the fact that I didn't have any experience. Of course, when you're really young and naive, you think maybe you don't need it or (laughs) that it's unnecessary. And I definitely think that played to my benefit. But I also think as you take steps forward, and as you make decisions, you're building evidence and trust in yourself. And so the more evidence that you can stack in your favor, the more confident that you'll be in making decisions and the more confident that you'll feel in going after things that you really want. Yeah, I love that. So good. I know that I know that there's probably a lot of people out there that like you, because correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have a college education, right? I do not, no. Yeah, and I just think that that's like so powerful and inspiring, and I know that there's so many people out there who not only kind of let that get in their way, but they carry some insecurities throughout. Like I, for example, I have a college friend, she started college but didn't finish, and um, she's 39. At my age, and she's actually just gone back to college because she just couldn't shake that insecurity for all these years. And so for her, um, she just felt like she needed to do it now, just so that that's what it was going to take for her to be able to shake it. For you, 
obviously you did not let it get in your way as far as success goes, but did you ever feel like emotionally that was a roadblock or did you just kind of take on that, um, confidence and attitude from the get go? I think that there's been a few times and I would say it was really just glimpses of, Oh, should I have gone to college? Should I have gotten a degree? But I never really gave it that much thought or consideration. And I, I do feel like a lot of that is one of the biggest tools that we have available. All of us is perspective. Mm -hmm. And so when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And if you look at your work and you hold your, your value and your worth in an education, you can look at that education as um, reading books or listening to podcasts like this one, or going through online courses, or you can really hold on to, I need a college education. I need that degree. And I think that all you have to do is switch your mindset on it and change your perspective on it. Mm -hmm. And so when you can hold the same amount of value to personal education as you do to traditional education. I just think that you are so much better off and putting yourself in such a better position. Not that traditional education is wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I think it's great. And a lot of people need it. Certainly doctors, lawyers, all mm-hmm. sorts of professions, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it's for everyone. And I certainly don't think that you need it to be successful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You just gave some really good tools for those that, you know, might be out there just struggling with that mindset piece of it. So I think perspective is everything. You said it perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. I think society too, like kind of puts that pressure. I think college became like a thing that you had to do in so many people's minds. So I love that too. I was going to ask, and I don't know if this is kind of switching gears, but just working with one of the most successful personal development companies in the world, is there any like favorite memories or things that you've watched like Bob and Sandy work with people on that you can think of I don't know that comes to mind through like the events that you guys do I just know you guys change so many lives I've watched testimonies and all sorts of things there is so many things okay I'm gonna list off a few things because several things came to mind when you asked that first is Bob and Sandy both are like the most generous people on the planet. And so it is really a joy to watch them with clients or watch them even with our staff. They just are extremely generous, not only with their time and their resources, but just with taking the time to give someone presence and thoughtfulness. And so I absolutely love watching that and being a part of that. And then when we go to live events, which we have several a year, we get to hear our clients' testimonies in person, which is really huge. We get to see how, you know, learning the way that you think or learning why the way that you think and then changing it can be so profound in someone's life because you don't realize the way that you're raised and the way that your parents think, you know, news as you're growing up and all of these different things that are ingrained in you from the time that you're a small child, have you shackled in and built into this box? And as soon as you take the lid off and realize that you can change your thinking, that you have the ability and you feel that empowerment, it's such a special thing to watch the way that someone's face can light up as they realize that they have control of their life and they can change the way that their life is going to unfold. So I absolutely love that as well. And then I think that we have a really special environment. This is probably one of the things I'm most grateful for is I hear so many people who hate going back to work on Monday or they have terrible company cultures. And I feel really, really fortunate to work in the personal development industry where we practice gratitude every single day and we have the best information in the world. 
available to all of us. Of course, our entire staff has access to all of our programs. And so I feel like our thoughtfulness of the way that we treat each other in our environment is just so different than that of like a traditional company. And that's something that I'm really extremely grateful for. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's awesome. I've been trying to get you to let me work for you forever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, I always have felt that from your company. Like every time you talk about it, I'm like, whoa, it's just so different than the traditional, like people going to work kind of job. You're like, wow. Well, and it's also refreshing to me because if you've ever heard Bob speak or just any of his messages, you know, it's refreshing to hear kind of from the backside, Mikey, that, you know, he actually does practice what he preaches and that from a a leader, it sounds like they truly do implement, you know, what they go out there and spread with the world. And so that's just really nice to hear that, you know, that's what's going on behind the scenes. (laughs) Yeah. He is like the epitome of what he teaches. He He picked up Think and Grow Rich 58 years ago, and he's been reading it every single day since then. And he studies every single day. He does gratitude every single day. Like the exercises that he gives our students, he's actually doing every single day. And I think that there's a lot to say for chef who eats his own cooking, which I would say is definitely Bob. Like he consumes our material and he's just such a great example. Is there any tools that you can share with with us? Yeah. So one of our best tools, well, I'll go, I'll do two, I guess. So the first one is just a daily gratitude exercise. And so I know gratitude is a buzzword right now. And our exercise is we do write down 10 things that you're grateful for, send love to three people who are bothering you, and then be quiet and ask for guidance for the day. And I think that the part of this that's the most fun is sending love to three people who are bothering you because it forces you to get into a space of love and gratitude, even when you might not feel like it towards someone who's irritating you or agitating you. And then the way that we do writing down our 10 gratitude is that you take the time to really feel the things that you're grateful for and get into that emotional state. Some of them can be things that are present in your life right now. And some of them can be things that you're grateful because they're on their way to your life. I love that. Love There's someone really irritating right me right now. So I'm like, crap, I have to reach out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when, when Sandy teaches gratitude in our seminar, she always talks about how when she first started this exercise, it's something Bob gave her, gosh, probably 12 years ago. And she had someone who was really bothering her. And so she tried to do this exercise and it was like love daggers, like shooting at them. <laughs> like, Wait a second. I don't think this is what Bob meant. <laughs> and so you kind of have to finesse actually sending someone pure love. Yes. <laughs> Mikey, can you give us just a quick example of maybe something that you have done yourself? Like what would that exercise look like maybe? <laughs> You mean like of sending someone love or? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to my head is just sending a text, you know, saying I love you or whatever. But what are some other examples? Because I guess I, I guess currently can't think of anyone who's bothering me right now. So (laughs) I'm trying to think of what that would look like. Yes. So um, usually what I do is I try to bring the person to my mind and think of at least five things that I like about them because it's hard to let someone bother you if you can focus on the things that you do like about them. 
So that's, it's not actually reaching out to the person to send them love, although that would be great too. It's just in your own mind, switching to where they're not bothering you and to where you're in a place of love and gratitude. Mm. I love that. that And the person who's bothering you might be you. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's that's good. (laughs) Actually, uh, this, I guess is going a little bit off, but for some reason this just popped in my mind because sometimes whenever... I have y'all ever like read an email or something, something came in and then like, say 20, 30 minutes later, you have the, you're like going about your day and you feel this underlying sense of like a little bit of anxiety or something feels off and you're like, wait, why, why am I feeling this way? And then I sit there and I'm like, okay, what? And then I get in tune with like, oh, it's because that email and I need to respond. It's like some, something I need to get done and that's what's causing my anxiety. So I'll like stop and go complete the task or whatever it is. But this kind of reminds me of that too. Like if you have negative feelings towards somebody, um, just what a release it is for yourself to be able to just switch that emotion towards that thing or person, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, exactly. I, I hate that feeling of feeling anxious. And I don't know if you all have read the book, Think and Grow Rich, but there's a chapter on auto-suggestion. And I think that it is one of the most powerful tools that I've implemented in my life for sure. And it took me several years to actually get serious about it and implement it into my life. Um, I think I just felt like, oh, I don't know. I have a good attitude. I, I don't know. I downplayed how important it was. And I think that sometimes success tools can be so simple that we think they won't work. But yeah. really, success is simple. It's just all the little things. And so auto-suggestion is the practice of suggesting to your mind what you want. So if you read the chapter on auto-suggestion by Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich, it is just fantastic. But the way that I've implemented it into my life is I write down a whole page of auto-suggestion every single day after I do my gratitude. And it's things that I'm claiming in my life. So either I am this or... I like I'm writing out basically a script of how my life is going to look in the present. Yeah, it's so powerful. So was that your second? You said you were going to share two tools. The first one was daily gratitude, the writing 10 things of gratitude, send love to three people that are bothering you. Mm -hmm. And then the quiet headspace. Um, Was there a second one or was it the auto suggestion? Yeah, auto suggestion. That's the second one. Perfect. I love that. Yeah, I started doing that this year and my gratitude journal. Um, and it is so in the beginning, you know, it does feel a little bit silly where, you know, I was writing like I am, and I would like write am in all caps, like, Oh, great mother and a great wife or whatever my things were. But really it is just so powerful whenever you're writing these out and you're just believing that you already are these things and just what it does. It's so powerful. Yeah, I started writing in mine, I am an exceptional wife. And then some days I write it and I'm like, oh gosh, I really haven't been. I gotta (laughs) I gotta be better today. (laughs) Yeah. Can be good reminders. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, am I writing out a lie? I better go fix that. (laughs) Yeah. My blog always says one of the most powerful things is the ability to accept an idea. So not only going through the practice of writing it out, but letting your mind, your subconscious mind accept the idea. So often we reject ideas that are outside of our, like our self image that we've built of ourselves, And so we have to really implant that idea onto our subconscious mind and let our mind accept it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Cause it's like, it's one thing to just write it every day, but you have to truly like 
believe it. Believe it. Yeah. 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 Mikey, <laughs> one thing that uh, I loved what Megan said about you in the beginning, just your ability to make decisions and just have a confidence in that and move forward and not really look back. Is that something that you feel like you learned over time and with age or are there any kind of tools that allowed you to get to that place? Um, Cause it is just such an important trait. I feel like just, I was going to say in the business world, but really just in our lives and especially as women to just have that confidence in ourselves. Totally. So Bob really hammers the importance of decision. And I just firmly believe that there, the only wrong decision is no decision. And so I think I've just really instilled in myself that it doesn't matter what decision I make, as long as I make a decision and I'm committed to it, I can always change course later. And so the only thing that I never do is nothing. Like I refuse to be indecisive and not make a decision. So either yes or no, I'm very like, very black and white. Even down to like tacos or like burgers (laughs) or, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's funny, Kristen, because I was actually going the opposite. I was going to say, so do you do that even in your personal life? Like as far as, I guess, I guess all things babies are on my mind right now. Just with my age, I feel a sense of urgency that I've never felt before. And so I'm like, do you practice that not only in business, but also your personal life, like, um, okay, we're done having kids or we're not, I guess that's a little bit more of a specific question, but do you practice it in your personal life as well? Even if it is tacos or burgers, Kristen? Yeah, (laughs) I do. I mean, I feel like Megan can vouch for me here, but so I knew that I was only going to have two kids, right? I was like, I'm only having two kids. We had our little boy. He's four. I had a little girl. She's two. And as soon as she hit 18 months, I was like, you know what? We're not done. We're having another baby. And it wasn't a conversation. I just told my husband, I think we're having another baby. And he was like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, even, yeah, pretty much anything. I'm just like, I don't sit and let things soil. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like you do let yourself, like, obviously in that example, like it doesn't mean you can't change your mind. It's just, she always makes a decision. And sometimes I probably take advantage of her for that because I know she will make the decision. But then she also, (laughs) like, okay, are we going to go to Play Street Museum or Cheeky Monkeys today? (laughs) Where do you want to go? And then she'll make a decision. But I've tried to, like, catch myself and be like, oh, I can make a decision. And I found myself honestly being, like, she's inspired me to be like, okay, no, I can just make the decision. Especially when it's, like, little things like that. Obviously, it's harder when it's big decisions. But Yeah, I feel like my husband would really appreciate that. Cause it, when it comes to like little stuff, like, you know, where do you want to eat or what do you want to eat? I'm always, I just, I'm pretty laid back about that stuff. So he, it drives him crazy when I'm like, I don't care, but, um, it, but and then, then you have an opinion. Yeah. And then it's the wrong opinion. So that's why I'm like, well, there you go. That's why I say I don't care, <laughs> but no, I can certainly get better about that. I think about the small things in my life for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I love it because, like, I feel like, especially at our ages, like, so many of us are going through that right now. Like, for me, it's like, when do I have kids? Like, should I go ahead and start? Like, maybe next year, should we move back to Texas? Like, all the things. And so that's super helpful for me personally because I'm like, okay, I just need to make some decisions and just, yeah, you know, do it. Just trust yourself. I feel like the way that I rationale things is I'm generally a right now person because. 
I don't think that there's ever a good time to do anything. You know, there's always a million reasons or a million scenarios of why now is not the best time to have a baby or move across the country or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So if there's never going to be a good time, then the best time is just right now. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Well, I think there's others that needed to hear that. So, cause I know I did. Yeah, I was like, Kristen, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Megan's like luring you to Texas. This is the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last my, ma- my master plan. <laughs> I always think about the Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Ooh, that's yeah. that. So Mikey, so how do you, so you're married, you have two children and, mm-hmm. um, you work with Bob and then you, uh, you and Megan also have your mom's mom's uh what is it blogger network network thank you um so just give us you're a multitasker what are some top tools that you implement in your life just to balance it keep it straight do you have help do you do it all on your own like what how can we learn from you when it comes to that Uh, I do have help. I have a nanny and Frankie goes to school three days a week so I've got help until early afternoon every single day mm-hmm. and I try to get as much work done as I can when I have help and then give my kids as much attention as I can whenever I don't have help and mm-hmm. I think just give yourself grace do everything that you can and I'm an Enneagram three are you guys Enneagram people I am I need to take mine I don't know my Enneagram test yet <laughs> no I need to do mine too I've heard Let's so much about today. it We'll have, we'll have to do an episode on it, but Mikey, I did it. I I've heard that they're not all of the tests are created equal. So I don't know if the one I took is like a great one or not, but it, I felt like it was pretty fitting. I'm a nine. And then my arms were like a two and a little bit of a eight. So remind me what nine is. So nine is the, Ooh, I'd have to pull it up, but basically the giver peacemaker, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. I'll, I can, I'll send it to you after, (laughs) but what you said you're a, what are you a three? I'm an Enneagram three, like totally Enneagram three. My second one was way below, which is an achiever. And so I know I feel good about myself. I have to achieve something every single day. So, but what I try to do is I try to achieve something personally, professionally, and then with my kids and my husband every single day. So whether that is cooking dinner that I know that they'll love personally, um, working out as something for myself, self-love, and then professionally doing something to move, obviously, my team and my career forward. So I know that I'll feel better if I achieve something every day. So I take all the little sections of my life and try to achieve something in each of them every day. Okay. And is that something that you set out like the morning of? Do you sit down and specify that and write it out what it is? Or do you just kind of in your mind consciously? Oh, you do write it down. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. Like on a daily basis or you like do it once a week and then that's your plan for the week? I try to do it on a daily basis. Something I do it right after I do auto suggestion. So what am I going to do professionally? I say personally, that's like my self-love. And then what am I going to do with my family? Love it. And do you um like with your husband, do y'all plan out like, do y'all have like a date night every week? Like what's y'all's, um, how do y'all stay connected with both? Because y'all both work full time. We do. I wish we had a date night every week. We need to get, we need to do a date night every week. We do a date night like every two or three weeks right now. Um, 
we go to church every single Saturday as a family. That's like our family time. And then afterwards we eat together and spend the entire evening together. Weekends are definitely like family quality time all day. Sunday we spend with our family and I get a lot of quality time with the kids after work before he gets home throughout the week. And so I try to give him as much quality time with them on the weekends. Love it. Yeah. It's so love, good. Love, love. <laughs> we yes. can learn so much from you and uh, already have. So I know our listeners are going to, this will be very inspiring to many. <laughs> Yes. And the one of the other things kind of going back to the Proctor Gallagher Institute that I loved. And so I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it on here is they believe that most people never realize their full potential because they simply don't understand it. And that's kind of what you said in the beginning. And they talk a lot about when you're in harmony with universal laws, you mm-hmm. move like beyond perceived limitations. Um, and you can literally think your way into a result you desire. So how do you think, like when, I don't know if this is kind of going back to the beginning, but I was just trying to think of what exactly that means if somebody isn't familiar with kind of the universal laws. Is there something that Bob kind of teaches that kind of makes it all make sense when you're in line with like, what are the universal laws, I guess? Like how can people get in that harmony? Yeah. So there's several universal laws. The most prevalent one and the one that people are most familiar with is the law of attraction. But the misconception is that people think that if they aren't working with the law of attraction, that it's not working. But it's very similar to the law of gravity, where just because you don't want to believe in the law of gravity doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. So the law of attraction is always working. It's a perfect law of the universe. And it goes back to thoughts become things. So no matter what you're thinking about, no matter um, if you're thinking I'm unworthy, then the universe is going to serve up more opportunities for you to feel unworthy. If you feel abundant and successful, then the universe is going to say, you know, just like the movie The Secret, your wish is my command. Here's more opportunities to feel abundant and successful. And so that's really the premise of the law of attraction is to get your mind, your emotions and your actions in harmony with the things that you desire in your life, because what happens is when you let your mind drift and when you let your mind be consumed by the media and consumed by anxiety or the things going on in the world, then you are automatically going to attract things to you that you may not want in your life that you probably don't want in your life. If you're thinking about debt or if you're thinking about the world ending or your car breaking down or not, you know, being overweight or whatever it may be, then you're just going to get more of that. And so you really have to switch your thinking and switch your paradigm so that you can think positive thoughts that are in line with what you want in your life. And I mentioned drifting right there. There's this great book. One of my favorite books by Napoleon Hill is Outwitting the Devil. And it is so, so good. I highly recommend everyone read it um, or get it on Audible. But basically talks about the biggest danger in life is drifting. Yeah. I can see that. I feel like it happens to me daily. And then I'm like, oh, way off task. Yeah. <laughs> off in space. <laughs> I think that weird drifting compounded, not just like, I mean, that's fantastic if you're catching yourself every day, you're way ahead of the masses. But yeah. I think drifting can be a real danger when you let yourself go for a day and then a week and then a month. And then suddenly it's been five years and you haven't made any steps forward in your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, so good. True. 
Mikey, tell me, um, I should have probably done more homework, but so the company, what type of services do or programs or whatever do y'all offer to clients? Can you go over just kind of maybe the most popular? I don't know what all y'all do, but um, if somebody was interested in maybe just looking into something that you guys provide, what all do you do or offer? We offer events, programs, and products. So we've got a whole array of things that we offer at different price points. And if you go to proctorgallagher.institute, you'll see at the very top our event that's coming up in May. And then you can click on the programs or the events tab to get a lowdown on all of our products and events. Okay, cool. Does he yeah. still do, does he do um, like one-on-one coaching or no? Not anymore. No, not. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of a small world, Mikey. You already know this, but um, my husband, Chris and I's um, business coach, Trevor McGregor, who he did a mindset episode with us and uh, he got coached back in the day by Bob. So that's like such a small world connection that we figured out. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's why I love listening to that episode so much. Yeah. I feel like a lot of their, whenever you were saying, um, or Trevor always says where focus goes, energy flows. And I feel like that is kind of another way of saying what, um, what were you saying? Thoughts uh, become things. Yeah. Thank you. Thoughts become things. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. Totally. I have a random question, uh, just not to go back to earlier, but we you mentioned like in your company, there's just this, how did you say it? Like there's just this feeling of like how it goes, like it's just the, the very, yeah, the culture. Um, for those who feel like they work in, um, not to call it my husband, but like my cousin, <laughs> husband sometimes comes home and he's just like, it's just so negative all the time. Like, and I feel like some people feel like it has to come to the t- from the top, but I feel like it can come from anyone in the company. Or do you think, what do you think about that? Can it start from the bottom? Like, (laughs) I completely agree with you. I think that you, if you want to change the culture in your company, then you have to start with yourself. And just as much as, you know, a bad attitude can be cancer to a company or be infectious, so can a good attitude and enthusiasm. And so if you bring that with you to work every day and you bring the infectious enthusiasm and joy and happiness, then your coworkers are going to just feed off that as much as they feed off the negative energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Totally. And are, what about for those that maybe are in a leadership role, whether it's they have their own management team or whatnot, if they have any employees underneath them, is there one kind of tip that would pop out as a leader that you could start implementing today that could see a huge difference. I thought it was powerful earlier, how you said, make other people feel good about themselves, um, which I think is huge. But is there anything else that you could offer to anybody out there that does lead a team? Yeah, I think empowering your team to do their best work and giving them on autonomy to make decisions is so huge because as much as people want a paycheck in a good environment, they also want on autonomy over their work. And so if you can make your team feel like I trust you to make some decisions and to work on projects that you feel like are important, then I, their work that they turn back to you is going to be so much elevated and they're really going to respect you for that. So I think empowering them to do their best work, telling them that you trust them and then giving them a little bit of on autonomy. So you're not micromanaging them. You're showing them that you trust them on their projects goes a long way. Yeah. I love yeah. that. 
Cool. Well, um, as you know, since you're a loyal listener to us, thank you. We love to end our episodes with a challenge for the week. And so um, we would love for you to give us a challenge and then also share with our listeners where all they can find you. I know you already listed the business website, but all of your other um, platforms we would love for you to share. So hit us with a challenge, girl. (laughs) All right. So the challenge is every day for the next week, when you wake up, write down five things you like about yourself and text someone something that you admire about them. So show yourself some love and show someone else some love too. Writing it down. It goes right (laughs) along with what we say, everybody. Self-love is where it's at. (laughs) Totally. And then you can find us on Instagram at Proctor Gallagher. My Instagram is at Mikey Stiller, proctorgallagher.institute. And um, yeah, that's where we're at. Yay. Thank and you your so mom much. network. Don't forget about the mom network. Yeah, Frisco Area Moms. If you're in the Frisco area and you are a mom, follow us on Frisco Area Moms. We are obsessed with our kids and being moms. And it's so fun to do with Megan. I oh. feel like we were already doing all these mom things together. And so it's been such a fun extension and hobby. And I don't know, I absolutely love it. I feel like y'all are just perfect for it too, just personality wise and everything. So (laughs) I admire the both of you so much. And Mikey, we all love you so much. And we appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us today. And you are just so amazing. And I really feel like you gave all of us some really, really great tools that we can start implementing today. So thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank, thank you so you much for you. having me. I love you guys. I love your podcast and you're the best. Oh, thank you. <laughs> love you. Thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Wash your hands and stay safe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.